So you're probably wondering, what the hell was that? What the hell's going on? Isn't this the world Weird World podcast we're listening to right now? <laughs> well, yes, it is. And I'm Dean. I'm Emma. I'm Carrie. And that was a little piece of tape that we will be discussing here on this episode. In fact, that was the voices of the dead. Oh, I was going to say, is this Halloween time already? It's, it's pretty Halloween-y. But time flies. <laughs> that was the voices of the dead, the voices from beyond the grave. Oh. Or was it? it? Sounded like a chicken. Let's find out. Chicken, huh? I, I got chicken. I got haunted house sounds. I yeah. got I, I get very much Disneyland haunted yeah. house. Well, house not sounds. quite Disneyland haunted. There was an album, Disney. Not that Disney right. made an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had that, that. Had something similar to that. Yeah, that very similar to that. Yeah, eerily. It did if sound you will. yeah generic Halloween sounds. Yes, yeah. but pretty scary. And these are these actually aren't as generic as you think. There was yeah, some banging drums scary. in there and things like that. So we'll talk about that first, though, Carrie. I know you want to give a shout out. Yes, this is going to be Carrie's listener feedback corner. <laughs> Okay. That's that's feedback from listeners to us, not from Carrie to listeners. Correct. Just, listeners, you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> but that's her feedback. That's, that's my feedback, feedback now. for you listeners. But no, we, we got a really nice, well, kind of email from a guy named Bob J. I'm not doing full last names. Oh, that's Jay. Because I don't have permission. Okay. But uh, the subject was the Leatherman. As you recall from episode. <laughs> I'm just going to read it. Because Bob is the best. Here, here it is. Apologize for calling the Leatherman a zombie, or I will refer you to every haunt, haint, and monster in Connecticut for revenge. He used to pass within a hun- few hundred feet of where I live. I vi- visited many of the overhangs and such where he stayed. So unless you want to wake up next to a melon head or have the glawakas after you, be polite. This is an email we actually received. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, so the, Dean uh, has a message for I, you, Bob. Bob, I abjectly <laughs> apologize for as any aspersions I may have uh, to- had said toward the leather man. He was absolutely not a zombie. I, I acknowledge that. I do not want to be haunted by any glaucuses. Whatever that melon. is. I don't want to wake up next to a melon head. That's terrifying. Correct. Yeah. Connecticut actually has some pretty amazing uh, haunted creatures yeah. and stories and things, things like that. Yeah. Most of which did not involve the Warrens, thank God. So, <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, that was episode 232 called The Possibly Zombie Leatherman. I wish to retract that. The For Sure Not Zombie Leatherman should forever be the title of that from now on. Yes. Well, the reference to that was that his supposed grave was empty. Right, that's why you call yes, it zombie. Yes, yes, yeah. and if I caused any problems with melanins, <laughs> I want to make sure yeah. that we're okay. I became kind of fond of the Leatherman. Yeah, I think the Leatherman was, was pretty cool. Yeah. Shouldn't be okay. so flippant. Also, thanks, Bob. Great email. I learned what a haint is. What is a haint? I, I don't think know. I, I've heard you that. T- you term. told me what it was. I did tell you, because but I've forgotten. I have that, forgotten, in too. In the interim... Emmy, you know what a haint is? No, what is a haint? A haint, according to the Macmillan Dictionary, um, it can refer to an angry dead spirit, but also to a, quote, undefinable something that scares the bejeevers out of you. That sounds like a very official. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Yeah, yep. so it's a scary thing. Yeah. It's a scary spirit, as a matter of fact, it. which, by the way, actually dovetails fairly decently yes, with the topic does. at hand today. So let's return to okay. Ghost Tape. Number 10. Let's start 
in Vietnam. In fact, Vietnam a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> okay. The ancient belief system of Vietnam centers on their ancestors. That's commonly called animistic religious systems or belief systems or folklore. Yeah. You've heard the phrase animism or, or the mm-hmm. like. Essentially, it's beliefs, you know, that they, they dominated early religious systems almost everywhere, almost universally so. Simplistically, it's sort of this belief in the divinity or the spiritualism of everything, of things, of, of water and, and rocks and the sun and plants and also places and people as well. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this idea that everything essentially has a soul or a spirit in some sense. And it's, it's kind of an attempt to understand the supernatural world and make it explain the natural world and make sense of the natural world, I guess. It's not pantheism. It's not just having 12 gods or whatever. It's very different. It's this, right. this kind of general spiritual sense of the whole world around you, right? It was the typical belief system before the kind of great world religions sort of took over mm-hmm. Christianity, Islam, etc. But some of those major religions, such as Buddhism and Hinduism, actually still have a core of animism in, in their beliefs. At least that's what I read. I hope that's true. I hope that's not offensive. They still retain some of those animalistic elements yeah in them vietnam vietnam is often thought of as a buddhist country isn't it don't you think of because maybe because of the immolation of buddhist monks right during the war and the protest of the war actually it's a fairly small minority of the vietnamese population is buddhist something like oh. 15 oh. 14 15 16 percent hmm. what still predominates there is actually animist manimistic folk beliefs hmm. it, the french made some inroads with catholicism during their reign, mm-hmm. their regime. Great. The communists made a lot of inroads with non-religiousness during their time in power uh, in North Vietnam for very since the, the 40s, really, and in South Vietnam since the um, early 1970s, early mid-1970s. But since 1985, actually, the Vietnamese regime has, has gone back and actually has kind of promoted folk religion and religious beliefs. They've, they've hmm. let it kind of re-blossom a little bit rather than suppressing it like they were for a long time. Huh. Is this like, and I hope this isn't offensive, mm-hmm. like in Mulan and what's the other recent movie, the Red... Raya the Last Dragon? No, the Red Panda movie. Oh, Turning Red? Turning Red, where they like pray to their ancestors. Sure, why not? Yes, probably. Is it? I think so. I'm I think so. Sure. I'm not up to yeah. date. I like it. I'm not 100 like sure. It. And if that is horribly offensive, then Carrie takes it back. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I took back the zombie leather man. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. So but actually, I, I like it. If I had a religion, you do an ancestor worship like kind that, of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Today, about 45 percent of the country's population of Vietnam follows their old, the old ways, the old belief nice. system. I I would not have guessed that. I would have thought it was much more Buddhist. Yeah. Much less folk beliefs. Native traditions in Vietnam, of course, as you just implied, are very ancestor-centered. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate goal was sort of to achieve harmony, you know, to see to achieve disorder. And, I'm sorry, to achieve order out of disorder. That's the uh, that's the goal, I guess. And they believe that your dead ancestors could play a role in yeah. this and had a very critical role that continued to impact the living for a very long time. That your ancestors could directly impact your life. Right. That's the hmm. idea. And so these Vietnamese folk beliefs definitely treat the ancestors and your dead ancestors with reverence. 
So they have kind of elaborate funerals. They have these very long-lasting and elaborate mourning rituals. The family, for instance, and, and even the close friends sometimes of someone who dies would formally mourn them for seven weeks, for 49 days, and then you have another ritual at the 100th anniversary, and then again at the one-year anniversary, and then again at the two-year anniversary, at which point the mourning period finally ends. Wow. So it's a two-year period. You could be having lots of those. (laughs) That's a great point. Staggered all over the place. So it's funny you say that because one of the parts of that is that you you weren't supposed to make kind of life-changing major decisions during this period, during that two-year period. Holy cow. Like getting married, for instance. So often female ancestors uh, would not be allowed essentially or cultural, culturally it'd be very, very strongly looked down upon if they got married within that two years of uh, and someone close to them dying. I was going to say how close? I don't know. I don't, I'm sure I got to assume parent and grandparent when you think I don't, otherwise I I, I don't know. I didn't read exactly my, you know, my second cousin I used to know when I was a kid. No, I'm probably, I'm assuming not, Yeah. but probably parents and grandparents. I'm I'm, I'm assuming again, if if you know that, please uh, write us a note and tell us, we'd love to hear uh, more about that for sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I just kind of superficially learned something about this. I'm no expert, Carrie. <laughs> no, I don't you're know not. to be one. So still, after two years, the family kind of has a last ritual there, and you still, you know, you still worship your ancestors forever. That that dead yeah. ancestor, but that that official mourning period is over. Right. Okay. Dead ancestors in Vietnam then are a very big deal. Lay in the groundwork. Clearly, what we're going to talk about. Good to know. And they believed in ghosts, what we might call ghosts, what we might call spirits, right? And there are different kinds of these spirits. By the way, they weren't all human. Oh, nice. There's something called a, I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, right? Mm -hmm. It's macho, and that was dog ghost. Oh. Ma-mio, I kid you not, are cat ghost, as you might imagine. Yeah. Mostly, though, it was you know human spirits of your ancestors that. that oh. you, go ahead. I was just, are the dog and cat ghosts like family pets? I'm assuming yes. That's what I assume. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they, I don't know if they have like rituals for the family yeah. pets or not, but they certainly thought of them as again everything pretty much. Yeah. Has a spirit, including your beloved dog mm-hmm. and cat, and possibly even your pig and your goat. I everything don't know. has a spirit. Yeah. yeah. And so this is the idea, though. That you did it right. You did it right by your dead ancestors. If not, mm, some ghosts, for instance, could be a little bit evil. There was one apparently called the Tightening Noose Ghost. Ooh. It would whisper, again, I'm, I'm not, it's C-O-C-O, so Coco, it can't be pronounced like that, but Coco, they'd whisper that in someone's ear, and that could induce someone to commit suicide. Oh, wow. So that's a more malevolent spirit. Yeah, I would say so. I love the whole, the tightening noose ghost is a, well, I, I saw that in a couple of different sources. I don't know how legit that is. Again, if you're from that culture, please tell us if that's complete bullshit. Because it does sound spooky as hell. Less malicious, but no less disturbing to a living Vietnamese person was the wandering soul. That Wondering, wondering as you wander around. Okay, wandering. So sorry, wand. Not the. I was was trying to think. Wondering, more of a wandering, wandering. Got it. 
about yes. the Got area. it, okay. The wandering soul is what might happen to the spirit of a dead ancestor who was in some way not treated right. Again, the protocols called for the correct rituals, the funeral, oh. you, you should mm. be buried near your home. Okay. Uh, and the interment had to be done right, and the and the rituals fall again the two year period. All those things had to be done right. If they were not done right, the result could be that your ancestor's ghost was forced to wander aimlessly, oh, wow. all about, usually pretty near the place where they died. It was bad. It was kind of an internal anguish yeah. for your whatever beloved uncle or mother or grandparent or even your child. Oh wow! Goodness. So it's like the ghost with unfinished business, right? Kind of like that, yeah, from Western culture. But this mm-hmm. is specific to the rituals and the, and the I guess, worship Could they of, fix of it? your dead ancestors. I don't know. Probably if you did the right thing, if you found but you, But the important part we'll come to back to was that body. You had to bury it correctly. You right. had to bury it in the right place in the right way. Yeesh, that could that be expensive to fix it. Very expensive to fix. It's, it's not a cheap fix. No. Because I think you seem, you seem a little bit fixed on the cost of this, Carrie. I'm a little confused by that. <laughs> oh my God, it's like, it's like a thousand bucks to fix a wandering soul. It's not cheap. So to allow an ancestor to become one of these wandering souls was uh, just a huge taboo in Vietnam. In Vietnamese beliefs, it was something you did not want to let happen. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. And that spirit could also maybe even cause some mischief for the living. Just, it was a big deal. Now we turn to the Vietnam War. Oh, dun, yay. Dun, dun. We're bouncing. We're bouncing all over the place. Trust me, there's a, uh, there's a cohesion here. By the end of the 1960s, the Vietnam War was not going super well for the United States. True. As you True. Might, might know. The war had forced one president to leave office, Lyndon Johnson, who did not run for re-election almost, almost entirely because of the, his popularity nosediving as the Vietnam War dragged on. And it was now threatening the popularity of the new president, Richard Nixon, who, was, hmm. who would then turn to increasingly desperate measures to try to get out of and force an end to the Vietnam War. There were hundreds of thousands of U.S. soldiers in the Vietnam. People don't realize how many. We had over six or 7,000 forces in Vietnam or in, in nearby bases during the height of the war in the, in the middle to late 60s and into the early 70s. Just, just a yeah. massive, massive endeavor. Thousands of U.S. soldiers by this point of the late 60s were dying every single year. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was terrible. I mean, people talk about 52,000 yeah. who died, yes, but it was the vast bulk. The bulk of that was mid to late 60s into the early 70s. So this was the, the worst of it, the height of it. The U.S. was blanketing the nation of Vietnam with bombs, south and north alike, napalming any, anywhere they could. Mm-hmm. They were using Agent Orange to defoliate, to deforest effectively the mountains to deny their enemy soldiers uh, hiding places and cover. Yeah. So just, I mean, doing just very extreme, extreme things. Of course, Nixon would later extend bombing into Laos. I didn't um, know that. And uh, outside of the borders of Vietnam, and do, tried to do so secretly, but was was discovered. And so it was just an expanding shit show. It was going very poorly. Yes. Shameful pardon. Shameful. By this time, yes. So something else had to be done. All these kind of normal mechanisms of war were not super effective, right? Mm-hmm. One of those newer tools in the kit of the U.S. military was psyops, psychological operations. We might remember that from when we talked about it during. Carrie, little test here. 
Um, well. Episode Weird Bit 45. Yeah, what Uploaded May 22nd, 2022. <laughs> that was... Right after Leatherman, as a matter of fact. It was World War II. Right? That was just after World War II when we, the U.S. forces there, the U.S. PSYOP forces, used something called the Oswong, which was kind uh, of a Filipino oh, vampire right. creature in the oh, Philippines yes. at the time, as you, as you recall from that episode, that weird bit not so long ago, that it was kind of a vampire in the native beliefs of the of, of Filipino people or a certain part of the archipelago and that the American forces were fighting some Filipino rebels right after World War II who were against the U.S.-backed new Filipino regime. The, Philip, the U.S. sort of withdrew its... Right. Hegemony from the Philippines in 1940, I think early 46, something like that. And but you know, kind of had a quasi puppet, a very sort of a client compliant state in place. And some Filipino rebels didn't like that, so we killed a lot of them and did bad things. And one of which was using a Filipino vampire to try to scare them into yeah. not fighting. So, dumb idea. Fast track about a generation uh, or so is 1969. And a particular genius, don't know who, in the U.S. Armed Forces figures, you know, let's start looking into Vietnamese beliefs. Maybe there's something there that we could use against the Viet Cong. Viet Cong, I don't know if you know or not, Viet Cong were the insurgents that were mostly in South Vietnam, which was U.S. controlled and South Vietnamese controlled territory. South Vietnam, again, was the, uh, the, the ally of the U.S. during the war. And they also wanted to use something they might use against North Vietnamese troops as well. So the VC and the North Vietnamese. Got it? Little, yes. So not, I, I don't know. I, I know that seems everybody's obvious, but I'm, I'm assuming a lot of folks listening Correct. maybe don't know the ins and outs yeah. of more. It was a long time ago now. Yes, it was. So it wouldn't have taken long for those researchers once you started looking into Vietnamese beliefs. Hey, is there something we can use here that they would have found this concept of ancestor reverence and for the dead and the spirits of the dead. And they would have, you know, one thing led to another. So it's like, okay, these people worship their ancestors. Can we use that? Hey, what if their dead ancestors could talk to them? Oh, my God. <laughs> maybe tell them what to do or maybe just scare the hell out of them. What oh might my. the North Vietnamese soldiers and the Viet Cong fighters do? And thus was born... Ghost tape number 10. And actually quite a few other ghost tape as well. And it wasn't incredibly far-fetched. There was, in Vietnamese folklore, it was said that there was a channel, a possible channel between the living and the dead. Particularly this came, by the way, at the one-year anniversary of that dead. There was sort of an open communication between the living and dead at that point. So that communication going from the dead to the living was not kind of beyond the pale in Vietnamese folk beliefs. Yes, but I just am imagining how they actually accomplished or attempted to accomplish this. Well, you heard a little snippet earlier. So now yeah. we are going to play you another selection from Ghost Tape Number 10. <laughs> Tôi, 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 tôi
Thì tôi còn đâu bánh hình hàng nữa Tôi đã chết rồi má con đâu ơi Tôi không không Sao không có phần nào Các bạn của tôi Tôi phải về Để nói cho các bạn biết rằng Tôi đã chết Để nói cho các bạn biết rằng Tôi đã chết Để nói cho nhưng lúc tôi biết thì rất quá quá muộn well that was a section of ghost tape number 10 let me go ahead and translate that now for you <laughs> listeners if you do not know vietnamese or couldn't understand the terrifying child's voice lost in a windy jungle quote daddy daddy come home with me come home daddy daddy who is that who is calling me? By the way, it switches to an older voice at this point, right. I believe. Who is calling me? My daughter? My wife? Your father is back home with you, my daughter. Your husband is back home with you, my wife. But my body is gone. I am dead. My family? Tragic. How tragic. My friends, I come back to let you know that I am dead. I am dead. I am in hell. Just hell. It was a senseless death. How senseless. How senseless. But when I realized the truth, it was too late too late, end quote. So that was the beginning part, I think, what was was a child. Right. And it switched to a, a, an adult male. And the adult male is clearly a wandering soul. They're dead. They're in hell. They're in anguish. And it was just so darn senseless because they didn't find their body. We'll get back to that in a second. And then it would also have a more, um, you know, more of a, of a plea here because and I'll, I'll talk in a minute about what was the intent of this but let's play one more snippet here from another part of ghost tape number 10. <laughs> So, also pretty scary. By the way, love the echoing yeah. effect there. Let me translate that. Quote, friends, while you are still alive, there is still a chance that you can be reunited with your loved ones. Do you hear what I say? Go home. Go home, friends. Hurry. If not, you will end up like me. Go home, my friends, before it is too late. Go home. Go home, friends. Go home. Go home. Go home. Okay. So, there's a pretty explicit... Call of action there, isn't there? We'll get back mm -hmm. in just one second. But that was ghost tape number 10. There was not just 10. There was a variety of ghost tapes. Ghost tape number 10 is the one that has sort of survived to the present day. The whole idea was hatched by the 6th Psychological Operations Battalion, known as 6th PSYOP. It was a division of the U.S. Army. They got some help from the Navy at the time. And they basically hired actors, hired South Vietnamese yeah. actors, to play dead women, men, and children that were intended to be the dead ancestors of enemy soldiers 
they um, used like the funerary music. They used banging gongs. And the very first one we played at the top of, of yeah. the show mm-hmm. here was kind of these banging gongs and funerary music to start with. And they used that wind effect and the echoing effect and, the, and lots of spooky noises that was meant to add just a sense of eeriness and put the listeners in the mood of kind of the supernatural. And hopefully they'd believe it. It was all recorded, by the way, in a professional sound studio in Saigon, now Ho Chi Minh City, by professional sound engineers. They took it very seriously and did, a, I think, a pretty good job of making some uh, some pretty scary tapes. Again, there are lots of others. That's just the one that has come down to us. The core idea, then, was if they can get enemy soldiers to listen to these tapes, they might believe that their dead were wandering souls. Yeah. And it might make them, who knows, flee in fear. It might sap their morale. It might make them just want to go home. That's what I'm saying. Go home, go right. home. Repeat it. Just go home. Stop fighting. You don't want to end up like me. Go home. It might even get them to defect some thought, which on some of the tapes, apparently not, that it was an explicit ask. They actually mm-hmm. said, you know, come right. over, come over, defect. They urged the, the Viet Cong and North Vietnamese soldiers, at the very least, to stop fighting, lay down their arms. If they defect, great. If not, otherwise, go home. Or at the very least, they thought, okay, they just might be too scared to fight, or just it just will have an, a bad effect on them, right? Assuming they believe that it's that true. Assuming they believed, yes. Here's another one, too, that I, I, I think would have been most effective, that they the sense that it could even happen to you, the enemy soldier. Again, Vietnamese beliefs call for that dead body to be buried, you know, quickly to be buried usually close to home all those right rituals and things like that but the the burying part the internment part was pretty critical in the chaos of the vietnam war tons of bodies Mm -hmm. were just Mm -hmm. left on the battlefield to rot all over in jungles and mountains and 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 battlefields and, and places of firefights so the kind of implicit idea here is that if you that that vc or north Vietnamese soldier don't stop fighting and you end up dead in the battlefield you could end up being a wandering soldier. Mm. And he's going to share the same fate as that tormented soul screeching and echoing in these tapes that were being played. Yeah. They're, they're hearing. So they have this tape. They're, they're well done, I think. How are they going to do that? How are they going to get the message to the enemy? It's not like they can, you know, they didn't leave, drop, they didn't leave them. Hey, here's a cassette recorder and a cassette. <laughs> Please play. So... What they did was that the, apparently the first operation was they sent a swift boat. Swift boats were the small, fast, maneuverable patrol boats that ran up and down the Mekong Delta and, uh, and up different waterways in mostly South Vietnam that often went deep into enemy territory along the river systems. And they think, so what happened is that they you know, got a big loudspeaker on it, one of those swift boats, yeah. and it zipped along, I guess, the Mekong. And on one just super dark, moonless night, the U.S. soldiers on that swift boat, boat played one of the ghost tapes, blaring into the jungle on, on kind of a spooky, dark night, knowing that the VC were out there surrounding them in this impenetrable forest. Oh, wow. But So they did it through swift boats, through patrol boats. They did it through helicopters. They'd have, again, loudspeakers blaring, and the helicopters would buzz enemy territory at night playing these ghost tapes for whoever was below to hear. Hopefully, again, it was VC or North Vietnamese soldiers, mostly VC. 
they also had soldiers go in on the front lines or near the front lines, play these things on, on, on sort of you know, loudspeakers that they carried. Sometimes they'd have multiple soldiers do it at the same time to hopefully that the idea that you're almost surrounded by your dead ancestors begging you to leave, go home, drop your arms. and Wow. Okay, so at this time, what was the medium that the recording was on? Yeah, I'm assuming on. a tape. I'm get, what do you mean? Is that Did, what you mean? Yeah. Were there cassette tapes at that time? Um, or sure. What do you think? They played eight tracks? <laughs> All of a sudden it stopped and you had to turn it over. It was very clunky. It was embarrassing. Yeah. And you'd have to have this big, huge thing, right? It's you'd have not, the big loudspeaker, I mean, yeah. You didn't have Walkman at the time. No, or, no, no, no. No, no, no. So, no. so the, the soldier carrying it on his back trips and the tape skips. <laughs> Winnegan was iPods? I don't remember. They're gone. I'm, I think they were I a few decades later. I don't think it was late 60s, later. though. No, they, um, I'm, you know, some kind of taping mechanism. I'm assuming tape. You know, big, big reel to reel. Real, yeah. yeah. Could have been reel to reel. But, but yeah, they would have to have big yeah, loudspeakers. That's why they're gone boats and helicopters. Yeah. But yeah. apparently they got them small enough to go on. on uh, imagine soldiers wearing very, very heavy duty earplugs and would, yeah. would play them. I maybe just, I don't. Maybe the backs of trucks, but I, I, one thing I read said soldiers would actually carry loudspeakers yeah. and try and try to get close as possible. Yeah, not a fun job. Interesting. And play them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure they had uh, people out there, like media kind of people, like doing actual recordings. Yeah. Out oh, for in sure. The field and stuff too. So mm-hmm. maybe they were part similar. of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I yeah. bet they would. I mean, people were carrying cameras. Yeah, but I mean, the thing time, is, so. you hear a helicopter. And you, I mean, yeah, if I you can hear the tape, you yeah. can hear the helicopter. Oh, for sure. Or, you know, Absolutely. it just seems I silly. Know. It I does know. seem silly and logistically improbable. They got pretty bold, though. They even sent some soldiers, went but went infiltrated behind beyond enemy lines uh, to play these tapes. And the Swift yeah. boats would, would sail up beyond into enemy yeah. territory and play hmm. these things as well. Swift boats, I almost feel, would be the most of it because they can just yeah. turn it off. Shut it down, yep. go close to shore on a dead, dark, quiet night and play those tapes and scare the shit out of people. Yeah, it would scare the shit and out of And by me. the way, they played them loud, I... capital L, capital O, capital U, capital D. They were <laughs> inescapable. <laughs> they blared the tapes. I need to know the decibels. How many I decibels? A thousand. Because wow. they blared these things <laughs> like so. the VC was Manuel Noriega hiding out in the Papal Consulate in Panama City. Remember that? They were playing terrible, yes, terrible, yeah, terrible yeah. music at Manuel Norega and the poor Pavel consulate employees yeah. to try to get him to leave the confines of the consulate and get arrested, which he did, mm-hmm. and bring him to the uh, United States. Um, it was, what, 89, 90, something like that? They were said to be so loud that they could be heard plainly in the underground tunnels that the Viet Cong had spider webbing all throughout South Vietnam. Yeah. So... They were loud. They and they heard them. There's no question the enemy heard them. The real question there then is, were they effective? How effective were these ghost tapes? Wow. That is my question. <laughs> that is a fair question. Um, there's some, mostly it seems pretty anecdotal, but the 27th Infantry Regiment, which is called the Wolfhounds, oh, that's they supposedly name. swept the jungle after one of the performance uh, of these tapes. Performance. Near a place called Fire Support Base Chamberlain. And supposedly in that sweep, they captured three scared Viet Cong soldiers hiding out in the jungle. I don't know. Okay. Were they there and, and you know, were they three. capturable three? That is three. Oh, hold on. Another swift boat operation that played one of these tapes 
was said to have led to the direct affection of 13 Viet Cong insurgents. Well, that was going to be my question. Instance. What, were they coming out of the jungle with their hands up? In this case, I'm it's in that case, us, yeah. In the second us. case, yes, they, they supposedly were. Again, supposedly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Success in the Vietnam War was often counted in numbers, and numbers were pretty malleable things, yeah. mm-hmm. right? They, they, a lot of the time, they don't like William Westmoreland was famous for saying, oh, we're killing more of them than they are us, so we're winning. That's, right. that's not how it worked in real life. But there were supposedly these defections that were attributed to the playing of the ghost tapes, at least. Some soldiers also, by the way, reported seeing, American soldiers reported seeing enemy forces scouring the area of some kind of a recent operation, a firefight, right? After the tape was played, they were kind of looking. They, they, they took it to mean they're trying to collect the dead bodies right. of their fellows. And they thought, okay, well, they must believe it to some sense. Otherwise, yeah. why are they trying to do that? It's not, I, apparently, that was not normal, something they would normally do. I don't know. Hmm. The 6th PSYOPs got pretty creative, too. This was the battalion that made the tapes. And they either heard of or spread the rumor that a tiger was attacking and killing VC insurgents around the base of a certain mountain out in the the rainforest. And so they said, okay, let's go make a tape. So they went back to Saigon and quickly, I guess, edited or remade a tape that they inserted the roar of tiger, a tiger from the Saigon Zoo, into oh that tape, and then they went back to that area, that mountain where the tigers was, where some you know rogue tiger supposedly had found a taste for Vietnamese soldiers, yeah. and oh played that tape with this terrifying tiger roar, and apparently it was kind of implying that if you don't get out of here, you'll yeah. be another late night snack. Oh, and also by the way, there's these ancestors because they inserted it into a normal quote unquote ghost tape. They also had the ancestor part. Now we also got tigers. So yeah. one way we're going to get you. Supposedly, 150 Viet Cong soldiers fled the area shortly after that tape was played. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. It was even said that the tapes could be too effective and that sometimes they scared off South Vietnamese soldiers and civilian workers after hearing these chilling yeah. sounds of ghosts pleading for help. Again, allegedly. I, I, I just don't, I just have no way of knowing right. how, mm-hmm. how right. true that was. It could be true. The very least, though, the U.S. felt that the voices would make the VC or the North Vietnamese soldiers think about, you know, their dearly departed, think about death and dying and maybe sap their morale. Even if they knew, by the way, that it was a fake, sometimes they would shoot at the helicopters or the swift boats and therefore expose right. their locations. And that yeah. was felt, I mean, that was in the Vietnam War, that was considered a win. Yeah. So the ghost tapes were played from 1969 into the early 70s, very early 70s, and they sort of were gradually discontinued. I couldn't find any kind of official explanation for why they stopped being played other than we ceased operations in 1973. I, I don't think they lasted all the way to the end of U.S. operations, though. Maybe they were just too scary oh. even for the American soldiers. Mm. I don't know. It sounds like it went on for quite a while, though. That's uh, at least a couple of years. Yeah, for sure a couple of years. 69 and 70, for sure, that I found. Beyond 70, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how they when they petered out. Yeah, I mean, you would just think that people would catch on. Yeah. And they would be absolutely not effective that's whatsoever. That's probably, I'm assuming that's why they stopped being used, is that, okay, they've, they've outlived their use of this. Right. We gave it a shot, but got some defections. We got some people to, to mm-hmm. flee an area with the help of a tiger. Yeah. So, you know, 
Nice job, guys. Move on to the next thing. Hmm. Oswongs. I don't know. That is the story of ghost tape number 10. Interesting. Yeah. I had absolutely zero knowledge of this. Me too, actually. <laughs> I just found out about it, oh, like maybe a, maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. Which leads me to question any effectiveness whatsoever. Because Yeah. Well, wouldn't it be in history books and stuff like that if it oh, was I such mean, a great thing? No, but they're not saying it was super. I mean, they, I don't yeah. think they'd acknowledge anything more than a few defections, maybe some, you know, like I said, yeah. some people defected. And in the mass events of the, of the Vietnam War, true, that's easy to get lost if that's, you just that caused, is true. you know, 13 people to defect, three to be found, and 150 to flee <laughs> yeah. a scene. That's, that's not nothing, but it's not much. Yeah, true. Hmm. I just think whoever came up with that one Probably worked with the guy who came up with one in the Philippines. <laughs> I, I remembered it, or I had someone yeah. who heard it from an old timer, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of connection because yeah. they do. Prob- they were it weirdly similar. Really make much sense. It's the idea of using, and it's also there's a certain amount, is a clear, you know, that imperialistic exactly. American, yeah. oh, yes. these dummies with uh-huh. their folk beliefs Absolutely. will fall for something this lame. Yeah. I, I, th- I doubt v- many, if any, uh, VC or North Vietnamese soldiers thought it was literally yeah. the voice of their ancestors. Yeah. Probably not. But was it's, it scary? Did it make them think, oh my God, though, I mean, I know that's bullshit, but right. what if I do die and my body is just lost in the jungle? Yeah. I that's think not that's good. the validity behind it. I yeah. think Americans absolutely think, oh, these silly, gullible people, yeah. they'll believe a tape. But it pro- anyone that did defect was probably just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over this is it. not a good life. I'm living in tunnels. I'm yeah. wearing black pajamas every day. Yeah. This is not cool. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, um, that was the ghost tape number yeah. 10 story. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. Thanks for sharing. So I thought I'd share it with you and our <laughs> listeners, yeah. which we just did. How nice. Well, thanks for listening, okay. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. Keep that listener feedback coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, weird voice, but okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening.